Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Thank you, Lord, for, for your grace upon our lives. Now, if you would take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. If you're not a regular Bible reader and you're wondering where Genesis is, open up to the very beginning to the table of contents and go right, and it will take you to Genesis. Now, if you have your electronic um, book with you, your iPad or iPhone, it's G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Genesis. Yeah. You can go to Uversion. Um, and we, you can follow today's sermon on there. We have some notes on there already provided. Or if you're taking notes, I do encourage you, if you don't do that, to do take some notes, write some things down. Today I want to talk to you about getting your mind under control. I'm not talking about having mind control. I'm talking about bringing your mind under control. This is going to help you. Over the next couple, three weeks, we'll talk about this. And uh, I'm going to teach you how to get your mind in the place that Maybe it's been the thing that has been trouble in your life, but that that thing will become a blessing and not a hindrance. Amen? The Bible has a lot to say about it, and uh, the Bible is God's revealed knowledge to us. I want you to say that with me. The Bible is God's revealed knowledge to me. Amen? That's exactly what it is. And when you get that into your life, then you open your life to experience the life God wants you to have. Hallelujah. And when you see your Bible in that way, that it's God's revealed knowledge, then you'll begin to get understanding for your life. You'll begin to get understanding concerning your walk with God and how God uh, operates and how you operate in His kingdom. It's a book of revealed knowledge. Genesis chapter 1, let's go to verse 26, and it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You you even have dominion over the creeps. So God created man in his own image, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So God made a species known as man with two types, male and female. And God used himself as a pattern, I love this, to make us. He made us with his personality, which means then he really does know how we operate. God knows how we tick. He knows how we flow. He made us like him. That ought to encourage you today. Some of you coming into Christmas, maybe you've already bought the, the object or are going to, Buy the object that you have to assemble for the the giftee to enjoy, whether it might be a piece of furniture or a toy, whatever it might be. And I think I'm like most men in here who, along the way, we open up the box and pull out all the parts. See, the manufacturer, the one who created, designed this thing, made it with many parts to come together for a specific purpose, (laughs) right? And we lean on that manufacturer's knowledge of that product 
by referring to this thing called the manual to see how those parts work. But some of us are stubborn like in here. And uh, we think, I can figure this out. I don't need those instructions. I've got a knack for this. I know, guys, I'm not alone in this. Try to... <laughs> got it, got, you know, in hours into the, the construction of this thing, only to f- end up with spare parts or realize that this doesn't go with this and looks like something out of a Dr. Seuss book. And the funny thing is, I've done this, I've, I've, and I, I've done this because it was passed down to me from my father, it was passed down from his father, who all come to the same conclusion somewhere in the process to say, the manufacturer is an idiot. The manufacturer is the idiot, not me. What bozo designed this kind of thing? Who put this together? What kind of communist? I don't, you know, you just hear all kinds of things going on and without ever referring to the manual that gives clear instruction how it works. See, God, God has made you like Him. He is your manufacturer. And when you try to live your life outside of His manual, known as the Word of God, then you're going to find yourself looking like a freak. And living like a freak. These are the facts. So I want I want you to in the next few minutes just focus on what I'm going to tell you. you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 6, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, finish that if you will, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So in your life, it's really not as important what others think about you as it is what you think about yourself. As a man thinks in his heart. So, I mean, it's very important what God thinks about you. But ladies and gentlemen, what determines you is what you think about you. Because the truth is, God can think all these wonderful thoughts about you, and he does. All these great thoughts about you. But if you don't think those same thoughts, then you will, won't live the life that he wants you to have. See, that's the beautiful thing about being a human being. You have this thing called free will. You have a choice. You're, you're greater than any other creature in this world. Any, any other, uh, uh, no, the animal kingdom, they don't have thoughts like you do. They don't just think however they want to. You're the only one like you. You're made like him. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, What's the Bible? It's God's revealed knowledge to us. So he's revealing some knowledge to us here. Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, these are things you don't really find on TV, (laughs) whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So the the knowledge that we have here from God is that you can choose what to think on. A lot of people think... They think that they have no control how their mind thinks. I can't help it. That's just how I think. That's just what I think. You can't help it? Not only you can, but you must. You're a human. You're not an animal. 
They think their minds are this machine that they just have no control over, and it's just there in their head, <laughs> spinning around, and they are controlled by its whim. They just have to follow what it says. Wrong. God has given each and every one of us the ability to control what we think. Hallelujah. You can change your mind. You can move from this thought to this thought. You don't have to dwell on that. Amen. You can change how you think. That's what repentance means. Change your mind. Amen. I'm grateful for times in the presence of God when we bawl and squall and, you know, enjoy His presence. And there are times that their change takes place right here in, at, at the altar. And, and, but, you know, that's, that's not the answer all. Just because you cry, just because you feel bad. The answer all is to change the way you think. You can change the way you think in your car. You can change the way you think in your shower. doesn't have to be at this pinnacle moment in a church service somewhere. You can just change your mind. Smile at me. Show me you love me today. All right. Everything you do starts with a thought. And that thought takes on other thoughts that lead you down a certain path. You know, we hear about people all the time, good people. Then all of a sudden you hear, you see them on the news and something's happened. Some horrible, perverse act has taken place in their life or something went wrong and you go, how did that happen? Uh Right? This shouldn't come as a surprise. It started with a thought. And that thought was entertained, which produced other thoughts toward deadliness and destruction and pain. Now, I, I, I think I'm in good company. I believe that most people don't get up in the morning with the mindset, today, I'm going to totally jack up my life. <laughs> I'm going to jail today. I'm going to do something so bad. Huh? Some people might think that. I don't know. But I think for, for the most part, people don't wake up with that on their minds. Right? Yeah. Romans chapter 8. Turn over there for a moment. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here's some more of that good, good, godly, revealed knowledge. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, before we go any further, how many of you here in this room today prefer life and peace over death? Can I see your hand? Can I see your hand real high? Wave at me. Huh? You prefer life and peace over death. Oh, good. I came to the right church today then. This death doesn't necessarily mean physical death. It, it, it could mean physical death, but this is a big word. How many, you know people who have killed their marriage by wrong thinking, who have killed their career by wrong thinking. People have, are sick. In their bodies because of wrong thinking. I have, I have a buddy who's a paramedic. He was a paramedic. He was many years. And he, he rode in the ambulance. And uh, after he'd been doing that for several years, I asked him, I said, hey, uh, Brian, tell me, how, what's the percentage of authentic calls that you get? I mean, they really actually need the ambulance. If you could give me a, a rough guesstimate. What's the percentage of those that are actually authentic, genuine calls. He said, uh, probably 4 to 
You're telling me that 96, 94 to 96% of the time you go on a call, it's not necessary? He said, oh, they think it's necessary. To them, it's very real. In their minds, they need us now. But the truth is, most of the time, almost none of the time, we really need to be there. Mind. See, I mean, if we divided, as some people believe we should, all the wealth of the world and distributed it evenly among everyone, that would not solve the problems of the world. Because in just a matter of time, the poor would get poor again and the rich would get rich again. Why? Because we don't have a money problem, we have a mindset problem. Amen. Amen. God did not create us to be touched by death. He created us in His image. That is, for life. And here it says, to be carnally minded is death. So we understand that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is destruction. We have to lean on something other than ourselves. Then there is a spiritual mindset that produces life and peace. That's what I'm after. That word life is the word zoe. It's the God kind of life. Listen to some of the definitions of zoe. Of the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. I love that. It's life, real and genuine. A life active and vigorous, devoted to God. And then the word for, there are lots of definitions there, but I'm just giving you a few. Yeah, and the word for peace is the word erene. Everybody say erene. Erene. And it means peace. It's the Greek. It really does. But it means a state of national tranquility, exemption from the rage and havoc of war, peace between individuals, harmony, concord, security, safety, prosperity. Aren't these wonderful words? This is what the spiritually-minded man receives life and peace. Mm. Obviously, being spiritually-minded is what we all want. I don't think anybody here in the building is on the fence concerning that issue. That's why you, you came to church today. Amen? The word minded means the dominant interest of the mind causes the will to follow. The dominant interest of the mind causes the will to follow. The will follows the mind. God reveals this to us to show us how we operate. Amen. How we tick. The word carnal means prone to sin. So here God's telling us again, he's warning us that there's a mindset that makes us prone to sin. And the word for carnal is prone to sin and to satisfy the desires of the flesh. How many of you have been long enough, uh, alive long enough to realize that your flesh has desires? Every day of your life, your flesh has desires. Right now, I'm not saying all those uh, desires are necessarily bad, but those desires can get out of control with a carnal mind. Yeah. You'll find yourself, it, carnal, carnal mentality takes you in the wrong direction, you know, gets you thinking about needing to lose weight rather than just choosing to eat right, right? 
continue to eat the same way, but I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. Boy, I need to lose. Man, I should, I should drop a few pounds as you eat one more chicken fried steak, as you go to one more buffet. Right? It's carnal. It's a, it's a carnal mind. It's carnal mentality. All right? It feeds the appetites of the flesh. Now, we all got to eat. We all don't have to eat everything, every meal. Now, there was a time in my life when I had a different mindset concerning food. And, uh, and I, I wasn't born with the instinct, like some friends of mine I have and my father-in-law, to sometimes forget to eat. I, that didn't even compute with me. I hear people, oh, I forgot to eat today. I go, you forgot to eat? <laughs> Three times a day. It's not that hard. Snacks in between. You, what do you mean you forgot to eat? I was always a little scared to go to work with my father-in-law. Number one, he was going to work me hard. There was no small work with Dave Cook. We, especially if we were out working on the deer lease, we're mending fence and filling feeders and plowing the ground and planting stuff out in the West Texas heat of the day and forget he would to eat. And all, the entire time I'm out there thinking this is hard work and I'm hungry. <laughs> now there are times that... I, <laughs> anybody in here ever forget to eat? I just want to admire you for a moment. Wow, that's amazing. I, now I've forgotten people's names. I've forgotten to be at important meetings. I've never forgotten to eat. Forgotten to pay bills. Never forgotten to eat. But as a result of that, see, I struggled with my weight. I did. <laughs> Years ago when I was playing rock and roll music, we were in Austin, Texas at a recording studio, and... Well, see, my mentality, let me just tell you what my mentality was. Eat until you hurt. Every meal. That was, okay, I'm in pain. Okay, stop. That was my meter. That was. <laughs> and we were recording, and somebody was recording us on their video camera, and, and some time went by after we recorded, and, and I put the, back then we had a thing called a VCR with a VHS tape. Y'all remember those, those days, that archaic technology? But the, uh, you know, the kids today, they don't even understand what rewind means, right? What is that? Remember that? Be kind, rewind, when you rented your, your, your VHS from Blockbuster? Anyway, well, so I put in, I put in the, I'm sitting there watching, and, I'm, and uh, I'm watching myself play guitar, and I know something kind of funky about the picture, because I'm thinking, is there something wrong with the, I hear the camera has 10 pounds, but that looks a little bit more, more than 10 pounds, and the guitar is like out here. And I just so happened to be wearing, to boot, a Fat Albert t-shirt. <laughs> Didn't help my image much. And I mean, I'm telling you, the guitar's out here. And I'm staring at it going, do I really look like that? So I asked my wife, who's always honest and ready to give her honest opinion. I said, honey, do I, do I really look like that? Or is that adding past? She goes, no, you look like that. <laughs> okay. You know, I realized at that moment, I got to change something. I got to change something because I don't want that result. I got to change something. So I had to change my mind. Was it easy? No. Oh, my gosh. No. Worth it? Yeah. Absolutely, it was worth it. 
See, whether that appetite is for food or stuff or money or whatever it might be, God's given you these appetites because you live in the body, but the carnal mind will take those things spinning out of control. See, just because, and let me help you today, just because you're tempted doesn't make you a bad person. This is where a lot of Christians fall short here. It simply just means you're alive. Welcome to planet Earth, human. Amen. See, however, though, you don't have to go through that door whenever it's offered to you. You can just choose to keep walking forward. Temptation poses an opportunity. That's all it is. But you know what's sad is people define themselves by what they're tempted by. Tempted by this, oh, I must be a pervert. Tempted by this, I, I, must, I, I must be greedy. Right? But those temptations don't come from the devil. And he's trying to entice you continually. The world, the flesh, and the devil. These are the things that you are warring against. The world, say it, the world, the flesh, and the devil. These are things that you're warring against. Amen. And, but when you define yourself by those things, see, you put yourself at a disadvantage in the battle. When you could simply remember to define yourself in that moment by what the Word of God says about you. The Word of God has some really wonderful things to say about you. And about what the blood of Jesus has done for you. And how the grace of God comes into your life and teaches you how to live right and how it's readily available to anyone who will receive it. But see, that temptation comes, and when it comes, most of the time you feel bad because you've given in to that temptation before, so when it comes back, you go, well, I guess I haven't dealt with it. I guess I haven't really got free from this. When in actuality, you have if you keep moving forward. Because all guilt will do will come into your life, take you by the hand, and just take you right back through that door. And you continue to go through this vicious cycle when all you have to do is say what the Word of God says about you. Think these thoughts, whatever is good, whatever is lovely. At that moment, you can just change your mind and get onto a new thought. You really don't just have to sit there, oh, I wish it would just go away. Make it go away. You can't cast out your mind. You're stuck with that. Right? I mean, I've, I've wished I could before, but you can't treat your mind like you do a demon. There's only one thing to do with a demon, you cast it out. Right? But your mind, you've got to bring it under control. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 10.5 or 1 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, for the, weapons of our, for, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5 says, casting down arguments or casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when that thought comes that's contrary to Christ, you say, nope, nope, I'm going to think God kind of thoughts. I'm going to think things that are good and virtuous. You can change just like that. Amen. And see, that'll help you, see, that'll help you to get stronger. And, 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 And as those temptations come, you'll realize who your real enemy is, and it's not you. You are not the enemy. You are the child of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ. You are a whole new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, Pastor, I just wish they'd all go away. Well, then we're just going to have to pray that you go into heaven right now. 
Because for the rest of your life, you're going to have to win this battle. It's a daily thing that you take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, declare the Word of God. The Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith in God. That you just connect with Him, connect with His power, connect with His ability at that moment, and command and, and your thoughts to change. Not only can you change your thoughts, you must change the way you think. You have to. Amen. Is this helping you so far? Listen to that rain. Jesus' blood has truly cleansed you from all unrighteousness. And if you believe that, if you really believe that, then you won't play the blame game. And you won't take the guilt and you won't take the shame. You'll stand in your righteous position. See, the, the way at, at that moment, oftentimes it's when that, that temptation comes or something, we kind of crouch and we kind of, uh, instead of standing boldly and saying, no, no, no. Those, that, that thought comes and you think, could I really pray in the Spirit right now? That's the time to pray in the Spirit. That's the time to bring the change. Can I really declare the Word of God when I'm feeling this way? Yes! That's what it's there for. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. and Oh, but pastor, I, I, but you don't know what I've done. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I don't really want to hear what you've done. But here's the thing. There's a place called the throne of grace. That is the cure. That is the answer for you in that, in that trouble. Grace and mercy are available to you, but you, have, you, you can only come one way, boldly. That's God's requirement. See, he wants you getting past how you feel about it and get you convinced of what he has said about it. And that way you come boldly, regardless of how you feel, regardless of the guilt and the, all the trash that the devil brings into your life, and that you even bring on your own self, and you just go, no, I'm going boldly because Jesus is there. So you go boldly because there's a man seated at the right hand of God, and that man represents all mankind. He's there for your sake. He's there making intercession for you. And as long as that man, praise God, the God-man is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, you have bold access every day of your life before God to come and receive grace and mercy. See, when you do that, see, sin uh, just goes away. It just won't have a problem. Because the Bible says, you shall, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law you're under grace. See the rules, the do's and don'ts, they don't empower you to do anything. It's grace that empowers you to live a, a, a over sin. Hallelujah. All right. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Are you still with me? Man, I'm preaching to myself happy. I don't know about you, but I hope you're getting involved in this because it's really fun. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So what God is saying is the temptation you're feeling is no exception to the rule. All right? So when you say, oh, you just don't understand how I feel, hey, 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 come down a little bit to our level. Yeah. No temptation overtaking it, except as such as common to man. Hey, that, that's also encouraging. Oh, other people think these thoughts? But God, God is faithful. I love that. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Wow. I don't know about you, but I've been in a moment of temptation when I thought, this is too big. But it says, you're able. 
but with the temptation will also make the way of escape. Now, it's not saying God brings the temptation and then the way of escape. He's saying along with that temptation that comes in your life, he provides an escape route that you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. See, the building just caught on fire. Now, you can stay and get burned or you can get out. All right? God has made a way of escape. There's always a way out. And that escape route is called a choice to go the other way. Amen. Hallelujah. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I love that. Life and peace. I'm going to give you the definition of spiritually here. It is the divine influence by which the temperament and disposition of the mind is affected, corrected, elevated, and ennobled. The divine, notice it says the divine influence, not the divine domination. He's there to influence you. See, he knows that you have a choice. He gave you that choice. He gave you that free will. So God's not going to come in and dominate you. He's there to influence you. Here's the way of life. Here's the way of peace. Right? Sometimes, you know, you just say, God, if you'd just take over, that would sure help me out. No, it's not how he made you. It's not how he made you. You got to pull those bootstraps up. Hmm? Take responsibility for your life and make the right choices. He influences us through his word, that manual. He influences us through church. You guys came out here in the pouring rain because you enjoy the divine influence in your life. In worship, maybe through a person that you meet, the Holy Spirit who's always there guiding you into all truth. Let me finish with these few things. Just off of that definition that the divine influence by which the temperament and disposition of the mind is affected. It, is affects, it, it affects your life. It affects how you think. See, when you surrendered your life to Christ, your mind became affected by the divine influence. There were thoughts that you thought before, didn't have any problem with, and all of a sudden, your mind started changing. There were feelings you had about certain things, and all of a sudden, those feelings started changing. You had certain desires, but then those desires started changing. What happened? The divine influence started affecting your life. When you surrendered your life to him, he really did come in and take up residence in your life. And then his influence begins to grow. Corrected. Yeah, that's a fun one, isn't it? We've all been corrected by God. But I want to encourage you in that correction. The Bible says, whoever the Lord loves, he corrects. So... Man, I'm telling you what, when that word's coming at you, that word of correction, you can either fall under condemnation or you can just say, thank you, Lord, I feel the love. Hmm? Amen. He loves you. I love my children, so I correct my children. Right? I have a commission from God to train up a child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they won't leave this way. Amen. The child that is throwing a fit in the grocery aisle is unacceptable. 
correct that child. The child that's making eating out at a restaurant miserable is unacceptable. Fix that. Correct that child. A quick, sharp pain to the backside will do wonders. Am I still in Texas? Okay. I love what Proverbs says. It drives foolishness right out of the child. That's what I tell my kids. All right, now when I hit your backside, foolishness is just going to go splattering up against that wall over there. (laughs) Elevated. This is what the divine influence does. It affects us. It corrects us. It elevates us. There's a scripture that says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This is not God bragging about how good he is and how sorry you are. Right? What God is saying, there's another way, there's another thought. And it's better than what you see. It's better than what you know. Come up here. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. See, your will is completely involved in this. It says, let this mind. You have to allow that to happen. Amen. And then lastly, that the divine influence ennobles us. I love that. You know what it does? It makes us think like kings. It makes us think like the kind of people that God has called us to be. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Amen. See, living your life from that heavenly seated position of authority up there with Christ in the heavenly places, that will keep you. See, you're no longer satisfied with the impoverished beggarly, worldly mentality anymore, but ennobled in your mind by the divine influence. Verse 7 of Romans 8 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We also know another scripture that says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Amen. See, Jesus, when you got saved, Jesus changed your nature and gave you then the ability to change your mind. That's on us. God's not going to change your mind for you. You got to change it. Amen. Get a new thought. You have the power to do it. Not only the power, but you also have the commission from God. If you want to see the will of God in operation in your life, there might be some new thoughts you need to get into your life. You know what? We're coming into a new year. Why not make some great resolutions for 2012? Huh? Right? Right? According to the Mayans, it's the end of the world anyway. Let's just make it the best year ever. Huh? (laughs) Never mind that they just ran out of room on their round rock, you know. Okay. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. If if I could just have it quiet for just a moment, I'm about to dismiss you, but we've come to a very important part in this service today. And if I could have every head bowed for a moment and every eye closed. Before I release you today, I I just want to get something into your life. I want you to think with me for just a moment. You're here today. I believe that you're here because God designed you to be here. You might think you came for another reason. 
But I truly believe it was God's plan for you to be here today. He wanted to meet with you, say some things to you, and help your life. It could be that you're here today and you're totally on the outside concerning any kind of relationship with God. You feel like you're just looking through a window and not experiencing what's, on, what's there. But I'm here today to help you, to encourage you to say, today you can walk out of here on the inside. On the inside. In a true, rich, powerful, genuine relationship with Almighty God. God made that possible when His Son, the Word of God, became a man. Because we could never become like God. We were lost in sin. Born right into it, thanks to Adam. But God chose not to leave us like that. Because we couldn't become like Him, by His mercy and grace, He became like us. And He showed us what life can be. And Jesus Christ took care of the problem between you and God on Himself, all by Himself. You couldn't do it. He had to do it for you. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried, and He rose again three days later. And whoever believes on Him will receive a right relationship with God, will receive everlasting life. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I want that. I want that. Just between me and you and God, can you just slip up a hand and I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you right where you are. Just slip up your hand. And you want that relationship. You want to know God, not as some great creator or God of the universe, even though He is those things, but really you can know Him as your Father. And it all happens through that person Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God. No one comes to the Father but by me. The truth is, all men are going to God. All of us will stand before Him and give an account for our lives. But only those who put their trust in Jesus will go to the Father. Pass right by the judgment seat and right into eternal life. Now, Maybe you're here today and you just need to get some new thoughts into your life. You've meditated and dwelt on thoughts that have taken you down wrong paths. And it's led a, brought a frustration in your marriage. It's brought frustration in, even in your own relationship with God. Maybe in your work. Just in your daily habits. And you need some changing. You're here today. I want you to just be honest. Let's raise our hands here today if that's you. You're going to get some new thoughts into your life. And uh, get some new results. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you're in good company. Yeah, there's hands up everywhere. Father, bless these. Bless these who have their hands up. Lord, I thank you. Lord, right now as they are here uh, uh, making admission to, Lord, that they need you. They need your help. They need your thoughts in their life, God. I thank you right now for the grace of God that abounds to them. That there is no, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And I declare over these who are making the change today that they go out of here today. This is a landmark moment for their lives. That old things are staying where they are in the past. And new things are coming. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, before we're out of here, I want to remind you, please get some of those 
I wish we had one of those Scrooge things. You didn't bring one up there. You have one, Cap? We have these out in the, huh? Okay, those of you that were planning on going on the outreach today, we've had to cancel that. We're going to go in the neighborhoods and pray with some people and invite them to church, but because of the rain, we're going to have to postpone that. But this is, this is the little ticket you can get out in the foyer. Grab a handful of these, pass these out, let's get this place packed out for every, every night of our Scrooge production, all right? And please, be praying about this. We want to see people saved. We want to see lives changed. My grandmother got saved at this play, my mom's mom, and uh, her life completely changed. It's just extraordinary. That's why it's extremely special to me. But just grab some of these on your way out. God bless you. Father, I thank you for your blessing on your people and they're going out just like they've been blessed and they're coming in. Lord, I thank you that their enemy is completely and utterly rendered powerless by what Jesus has done. And Father God, I thank you that as they leave from here, that they continue to invoke and enforce the victory won for them through Jesus Christ. Lord, I declare over them, no evil shall befall them. No plague shall come near their dwelling. You give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. All of their children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they shall condemn. Hallelujah. They are blessed wherever they go, and everything their hand touches prospers. They are the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. First, not last. Victors, no longer victims. And now I thank you, Father, that you cause the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing, and the trees of the field to clap their hands as we go forth with the joy of the Lord today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.